Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. Oftentimes we hear people talk about that which they consider to be precious. It's a common phrase used by people to talk about something they've seen, something they've experienced, and an emotional feeling they have. So maybe it's hearing a baby gurgle and laugh, and they say, oh, isn't he or she precious? Other times, they think about it from a standpoint of value. So maybe we talk about a piece of jewelry or an heirloom. We consider that to be precious. With respect to God, he also has some things that he tells us are precious. And so I want to think about that today. I want to think about six things that are precious to the Lord. And the first thing that's precious to the Lord is his word, that we value his word as he does. David said in the Psalms 139 verses 17 and 18, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand when I awake I am still with thee. David thought about God's word and how incredible it is, how great God's word is, and that's part of what he says here, how great is the sum of them, to think about all that God has revealed, and yet in thinking about all that God has revealed, he hasn't revealed everything. There are many things that God has not revealed unto us. It's not because he's trying to hide something, but simply because We have everything we need to know how to live, to please Him, to understand Him, to secure for ourselves through Him a place in eternity. Peter tells us that God's Word gives us life. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. How powerful is God's word? It gives life. But a second thing that God considers to be precious is wisdom. The writer of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 3 beginning in verse 13 said, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. God said that we can think of wisdom as a marvelous woman, as a precious woman, someone to be in this regard in a good way desired. But what God is also telling us in thinking about his word, it's not enough to have God's word if you don't know how to use it. Paul talks about the word of God in Ephesians chapter 6 as a sword. The Hebrew writer also speaks about God's word as a sword. You know, there are many incredible looking swords Artisans have made swords that just astound us in their intricacy and in their look. 
But what good is a sword in battle if it stays in its sheath? It's useless. Looking at it won't help you to defeat the enemy. Learning how to wield it will. And it is only by God's counsel that I can know what to do to keep myself out of harm's way. When Jesus dealt with the devil, as recorded in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 4, the devil tried to tempt him to give in to just the slightest bit of the devil's counsel. But Jesus answered in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We need to know what God's Word says. We need to understand God's Word. But more importantly, wisdom is applying God's Word, using it the right way in the right situation. A third thing that's precious to the Lord are those who teach His Word. God doesn't give us His Word to impress us with the depth of His knowledge. God doesn't give us His Word so that we can use it as a coffee table item to talk about. God gives us His Word because it is life. As we noted before, it gives life. And so He expects for us to use it. The writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 15, There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are more precious jewels. God's Word is more precious than all the gold, all the platinum, all the silver. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? He could gain the whole world, but then if he loses his soul, he's lost the most valuable thing that there is. And those who teach God's Word secure their souls unto Him. When Paul was inspired to write to Timothy in his second epistle, he reminded Timothy about the importance of teaching God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Timothy, he said, you've seen God's word in me. Timothy, you've learned God's word. Now, Timothy, teach others God's word so they can teach, so that everybody has an opportunity to learn, to understand, to obey, to be secured unto God. And God ensures His Word continues by our teaching. When Jesus was preparing to depart this earth after His resurrection and after He had met with His disciples and taught them for 40 days, Matthew gives us the following account in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We can teach them about the love of God. We can teach them about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. We can teach them that Jesus dying on the cross was not the end because he was buried on the third day resurrected. He's now ascended into heaven where he's seated on the right hand of the Father above, where he is King of kings and Lord of lords, where he rules now, where he took his blood and brought it into the holiest of holies in heaven and placed it on the mercy seat so that we could be redeemed from our sins, brought into a relationship with the Heavenly Father through his Son in obedience to the gospel, that we can see his word and we can know his word that we can understand his word and that we can live his word and then teach it to others that they can have the same blessing that we have, the same privilege to be known as the children of God. A fourth thing that we find that is precious to the Lord is those who are faithful to him even in difficult times. You know, being faithful to God is not difficult when everything goes our way. When people like us, when people appreciate us, when people want to hear God's word, when we gather with other saints upon the first day of the week and engage in worship and it's lively worship and it's rejoicing worship. But what if people don't want to hear the gospel? What if for some reason brethren make excuses and they don't want to come to worship? What if times are difficult, economic times? family times, church times, what then? Being faithful in those times is often difficult. The psalmist had this to say in Psalm 126, verse 6. It says, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves with him. What does that mean? It means that, yes, there are going to be times when we're going to weep, we're going to grieve over the fact that there are people who don't want to hear God's word or even in sometimes dealing with our brethren that they're not doing the things that they should do. But what others do should not change what we do. How others react or don't react to the opportunity of having a relationship with the Lord should not keep us from fulfilling our relationship and rejoicing in the fellowship that he gives unto us. James said in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, he said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God knows there are going to be trying times. And God says that if we can push through, remaining faithful unto him, then we will gain a stronger faith and we will learn about the blessing of endurance. When Jesus spoke to those faithful saints in Smyrna, as referred to in Revelation chapter 2, he told them, you're going to endure trying times. The devil will seek to cast some of you in prison, punish you, and persecute you. But he said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Fear none of those things. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. 
The promises of God are fulfilled in us when we endure according to his word. And when we do, he considers us to be precious, more valuable than all of the jewels, all of the wealth that exists in the earth. A fifth thing that the Lord considers to be precious is the death of a saint. The psalmist said in Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. We don't know what's going to happen in life, and sometimes that frustrates us, doesn't it? We think something good is going to happen and something bad happens. We might even think that something bad is going to happen, and then we prepare for it, and it doesn't happen. And instead of rejoicing, maybe we complain. But you think about the providence of God. You think about the power of God. You think about all of those who stood at the foot of the cross, believing that Jesus would be crucified, believing that they had gotten rid of this man that they considered to be a troublemaker. And yet, God, because he is all-powerful, is able to grasp victory from the jaws of defeat. God is able to turn anything around. And even in dealing with the life and the death of a saint, God can say, we can rejoice. We can rejoice in the faithful, that they've made it faithfully unto the end. And like those that Jesus spoke to in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, we can recognize that living faithfully and dying faithfully guarantees us a crown of life. It guarantees that we have been faithful unto the Lord in doing his will. We provide an example unto others. We think about those of the first century. Maybe we think about someone like a Stephen in Acts chapter 7 who was stoned for preaching the gospel. Or maybe we think about a James as in Acts chapter 12 who was killed simply to appease the Jewish leaders. We think about all of those down through history as mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the unknown names of the faithful who have maintained their relationship with God. God knows who they are, and God knows that in their faith they've provided an example to encourage others, to inspire others, and more importantly, to demonstrate their fidelity to the cause of Christ. And that brings us to the final precious thing we want to talk about today, and that is thinking about Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. Isaiah said in Isaiah 28 verse 16, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. He is our cornerstone. He is the rock that we depend upon, the rock that we stand upon the perfect example that we have to demonstrate the love of God, to provide for us the way to live. Peter said in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. He's talking about the, the lame man that uh, Peter and John helped to be healed. But then he went on to say in Acts 4 verse 11, this is the stone 
which was said of naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He's talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that pure, that chief, that precious cornerstone. Yes, God considers his word precious, his wisdom precious, those who teach it precious, those who are faithful in difficulty precious, those who die in faith precious, because we stand upon the precious cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so very much for listening to On Eagle's Wings. I hope you have a wonderful day.